All right, make sure we're recording. All right, you lazy learners, let's dive into chapter 57. <laughs> this is one of my favorite books. <laughs> I kind of, I don't know. I, for some reason, I had forgotten which talk it was that, that he called us out as lazy learners in some parts. And I wasn't expecting it with this title. You know, Christ is risen, faith in him will move mountains. And this is the lazy learner talk. <laughs> Pretty good one. That would have been more awesome to say learners. <laughs> more people would maybe read it, huh? Yep. <laughs> yeah, he has to kind of hide it in an Easter message yeah. and then yeah. get. But yeah, anyway, isn't this such a fun Easter message? It, um it looking is. back at the context of April 2021 and and you know the talks preceding and, and after this one, but man. I, it goes in kind of an unexpected direction when I'm going back and, and searching it. It's like, okay, you know, Christ is risen and we, we need faith. But man, is faith so crucial to our next steps ahead? Um, I love this list that he gives and, and everything. Anyway, what, what stood out to you guys as you were uh, reviewing this talk again and, and this general conference? Well, it got me excited with upcoming lectures on faith because there's a footnote. <laughs> lectures on faith, I'm like, oh yeah, right, and cue it right up in a few weeks. Yeah, <laughs> perfect segue. Yeah, well, that, was, that was really cool to, you know, remind me of that. And then I just couldn't believe how many times the word faith was in this talk. Mm -hmm. Like, oh my goodness, apparently we need some work on our faith. Yeah, exactly. Well, I and like so, in verse 14, the, sorry, Cameron, do you want oh, no, you're good. Go? <laughs> I yeah, think I've good. got a little bit of a lag in my oh, internet this is right now. Lazy learner. <laughs> <laughs> verse. The answer to each of your challenges is to increase your faith. I'm like, oh, so simple, but it's so hard. <laughs> I know it's the hardest principle. Yeah. And um, kind of going from, from the previous talk, we talked about in group A here, but the things that we're learning and we'll never forget, and um, all of these like life lessons that come out of COVID and, and the, the shakeup and everything, but um, exactly what you said there, your mountains will vary. And yet the answer is always the same. It's to increase the faith. I think that's, you know, a, a huge one. Um, and, you know, going along with lectures on faith, like faith is kind of always the answer because once you have it and in full measure, then you, you've got it made. You can handle any obstacle that you need to, to face as long as you've got that faith. And, and sometimes it's that unbelief that, that really gets us. Um, it, it happens, but it just doesn't happen to me. And so we have to rend those, those veils a lot of times. Well, and along those lines, I don't remember where it's at exactly. Oh, um, verse 19, stop increasing your doubts by rehearsing them with other doubters and how he talks about, you know, you've got to look at, I don't remember if it was this talk where you look at what you've done with your faith. Like it takes a lot of faith to stay a member of the church. It takes a lot of faith to X, Y, Z in your life. 
Um, I love looking at that because a lot of times we can feel bogged down mm-hmm. and being able to look back and go, oh, maybe I do have a smidgen of faith, you know, seems like a good thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Being able to reflect on that. I felt a lot of comfort in 32 where it says your growing faith in him will move mountains. So even in the areas where I am still in the faith growing process, I can still, I can still move mountains in those areas too. Um, because he is so good, you know. Yeah, exactly. It's a, it's a process, you know, the perfection doesn't come right off the bat. And so that, that growing faith is a huge principle. I really liked the, the very bottom of 18, where um, he said that the Savior is never closer to you than when you are facing or climbing a mountain with faith. Like, that, that's huge. Like, of course he is. And so just having that, that kind of visual image, like, okay, I'm facing a mountain. I've got to climb this. And of course, Satan's going to be right there. I, not Satan. <laughs> Christ is going to be right there. Well, Satan is too, you know, trying to dissuade us from it. But the Savior is going to uh, be there uh, helping us face that. It's interesting going through all of these talks through his prophecy or, or his presidency. What is with my words tonight? Sorry. <laughs> but um, how many different lists he has? Like this one has the, the list of five things. Uh, you know, the April 2022 conference, there's lots of things where he's giving lists um, out. Uh, I find that interesting to kind of study it and compare those. I love the part in 16 at the end where it says that he paid the compensatory price and provided the power for you to move every mountain you will ever face. You obtain that power with your faith, trust, and willingness to follow him. He is so encouraging and makes it seem so doable. I mean, it is doable, but... Mm -hmm. no words it's just it's just this was a great talk mm-hmm. yeah i loved it and so just kind of taking a look at those those five things i find it interesting that he spends so much time talking about the study aspect of the very first principle right you know studying is is huge it's it's the important first step and then they increasingly get smaller second choose to believe and uh have that third act in faith fourth um partake of ordinances worthy and then uh the fifth one is simply ask you know if we we don't do that so having a good solid knowledge behind the the miracles of of christ you know that ties well into um april 2022 so kind of like this this uh, yearly annual bookmark of, of miracles, uh, learn about the miracles and, and realize that they can happen in our day and that they are expected in our day and to be actually seeking after them, as he said in, in this past conference. And then 
kind of boils down to, to ask. And then in 23, and then ask again. <laughs> Just keep asking for, for those miracles. And, and your sex engine light will go off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> those miracles will happen. I have a chiasm question. So he gave us mm -hmm. those five things. Does that mean number three is the center, even though he spent so much time on one? It, it very well could be, yeah. So if we're looking at, at study and ask is, is kind of the, the bookends, and then where uh, the choosing to believe and partaking of ordinances worthy, and then having the... Um, the, the action being the kind of pinnacle of the, the chiastic structure there. Yeah. Because a lot of times some of the, the chiasms can be like lopsided as long as they're still fitting the A, B, C pattern. Okay. Look at you teaching us. <laughs> I do love chiasms. Well, and he said before, the Lord loves effort, right? <clears throat> So acting, we really can't do anything until we act. We don't make a choice really until we act. We are here to choose, um, to, to learn and to make a choice. That's ultimately what we have to do here in this life. And so um, acting in faith, I think really is that pinnacle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because we can say, oh, yes, we choose to believe in Jesus Christ. But then if we don't do anything, to know and not to do is not to know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it really carries the, the entire thing. Yep. So, so right there in um, the third one, it says to write about it. You know, uh, why is that important? Let's talk about that because that's interesting that he throws that in there. What would you do if you had more faith? Think about it, write about it. So, yeah, it's a powerful principle. I mean, <laughs> I, I didn't put that one into action when he invited us to do it before, but it's like, no, I'm going to do that tonight. I'm just going to sit down and I'm going to write that one question. What would I do if I had more faith? And then actually ponder that and, and see what comes of uh, any powerful principle. I think this when we break things, oh, sorry. Go ahead. I just, it just sounds like spiritual creation to me. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> you and Becky are on the same line there. She did that in the chat. <laughs> right. It's just. Uh, when we write about, when we write things, we physically write it. Um, it's even more powerful when we handwrite it than when we type it. Um, we remember more, it ingrains it more in us. Um, you know, and I think that's one of the differences, you know, you can look at the difference in generations. We went to school where we had to handwrite all of our notes, right? You had to write down things and now everybody just types and, mm. and typing does not add it to your memory like writing it does yeah it's interesting that that tactile or dexterous connection like <laughs> we were doing some scribbling exercises last night and stuff and it's like 
why does this work? Why, why can we like vent through the pen? You know, like how does the actual movement and uh, transcribing things, like when I have something that I want to remember, the actual process of writing out the letters is so much more powerful than typing. It's crazy. Well, it's like, I'm awful at names, right? I have a hard time remembering names, but if I write their name down, I will remember mm -hmm. it. And if I'm yeah. struggling to remember it because I wrote it, I can actually picture in my mind what I wrote and read that. Mm -hmm. And then I got it again. Because yeah. mm -hmm. it uses more than one set, uh, sense. It uses your physical touch because you write, you see it and you feel it as you're writing as opposed to typing. And if you speak it while you write it, then you're doing that. So it's everything oh, but taste. So it's uh -huh. everything but taste and hearing. So it's three, three of your senses. Yeah. Scott I remember. Lick the page. <laughs> lick the page. Then you <laughs> <gotta> lick the <laughs> page. <laughs> yeah. I remember so back when I was in smell, high but... <laughs> school drama, we would, um, we would try to chew a, a flavor of gum while we were memorizing our lines in high school drama. And then right before the, performance we would chew the same flavor of gum she would encourage us to do that and i always thought it was just kind of funny you know like whatever but like no it i think it, there's a lot to it you know having all of our senses in, involved in it and even taste you know because like sometimes smells can bring back memories you know and and stuff like that i i what you just said there like makes a whole lot of sense uh me and my dad just started working at the temple and you know memorizing things or whatever and i'm like huh I'm gonna have to try using all of my senses as I'm <laughs> memorizing things. Mm -hmm. There's a brain yeah. book that they give you in education, but like every time I have kids doing like state testing and stuff, I let them chew mint gum, cut mm -hmm. and then seeing the colors blue. And there's all these brain things that help kids remember things, but chewing, that actually does help you remember. And mint is a great, flavor that helps you remember. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. A lot of brain research on that. Spearmint or peppermint? Just any kind of mint. Mm. I always save uh, old candy canes and then I... <laughs> She's I got crush, it on hand. I crush them in little tiny pieces and just give them a little tiny piece. That... Mm -hmm. Sometimes I, I do that. <laughs> <laughs> I know we're going to have to do that now. Yeah. Yeah, I just had a thought about, you know, because we were talking about writing things down and the very next line, it says, then, then receive more faith by doing something that requires more faith. And it just, it just made me think about writing things down really requires faith sometimes. <laughs> I mean, a lot of times it does. Because I'm just thinking of, you know, experiences that I've had, especially lying in bed at night when I get this thought or this prompting in my head um, about, you know, something that I've been working on or, or something. And I know darn well that if I don't get up and write it down, that I won't remember in the morning. <laughs> and so <laughs> I think I think a lot of times it does take faith just to to take that action of writing things down and actually mm -hmm. doing that. So 
Mm -hmm. Anyway, yep. It's interesting how that plays into if if the chiastic structure that, that Leslie was talking about there, you know, that act in faith is the most important, and then um, that it boils into a couple different things. Think about it, write about it, and put that faith into action, like you were just saying. Yeah, I love that. Well, in one of Elder Bednar's talks, he was saying that if you write it down, then the that tells the Holy Ghost that you're ready for more. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've seen that be that that's real. I've I've done that and that does work. And sometimes if we get the prompting to write it down and we don't, then it it really does take a lot of work to get it back, right? Like uh-huh, yeah. That, that faith process mm -hmm. there. Yeah. There's a, there's a I, talk that they gave the missionaries and i want to say it's elder cook but i'm not sure but he talks about that principle of writing it down he says it shows the lord that it's important to you if you choose if you write it down otherwise yeah. it's not important and he encouraged people to do that i can't remember what else was in the talk but i have it in notes and it was just he said it's just really powerful if you write it down and he said because if otherwise you won't remember it and you'll you won't um, recall it. And so it shows it's not of value to you. So if you take the time to write it down, it shows the Lord that it, you value the revelation or the inspiration that you got. It was Richard G. Scott. Oh, Scott, not Cook. I could, yeah, yep. good. Yeah. yeah, it was to missionaries. I can't remember when. I probably shared it sometime before. Oh, he had one. He, it was in um, conference. He gave it in general conference. Okay. He also gave one to the missionaries too. Mm -hmm. It was about how, how something about how to receive personal revelation. I'll see yeah. if I can find it and put it in the chat. The conference talk is called how to obtain revelation and inspiration for your personal life. It's from April, 2012. Oh, okay. Thanks. I'm maybe, sure he probably maybe he did it at the as for the missionaries first and turned it into a conference doc. <laughs> probably, yeah. Probably, I find that they do that a lot. It's it's interesting. They do. You'll yeah. see a little thread of some of it come through. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's it's interesting. I've been pondering a lot. I think I might have even talked about it in this group. But um, one thing was about. Um, kind of on this principle, what would you do if you had more faith? And and trying to think, what would I do if I'm the most perfect version of myself, you know, the 2.0 version of me kind of thing. And uh, it was interesting how um, I, I found some like YouTube videos uh, on journaling and manifestation and stuff like that. And then it was kind of apparent to me as I was going through uh, John Pontius's fiction things, you know, some of the stuff is is historical, and he's writing about it in, in a fictional story. But I'll, at the one point, right, you know, when it turns from one novel into the other, he's actually projecting forward and and um, writing fiction about his own life. Like, this is what I would do if I was the perfect version of me kind of thing. Um, Maxwell with the Enoch Letters. Uh, Lance Richardson with his Zion series, like they're all writing these fictional stories about themselves. If they were the best version of themselves, like what what's their their ultimate goal and stuff? And I was like, huh, because I'm I'm pretty much like 
I disregard fiction. <laughs> I'm like, I don't have time for that. I, I, I need to stick in the facts and my nose in the scriptures kind of thing. But then I'm like, I think that it, there's an important principle of almost writing your own story, brainstorming, coming up with, with who you want to be when there's no limiting factors. Like, yeah, you can write about your faith journey and, and how you actually get there. But like, what can you do in the future when you've overcome all of your mountains? You know, when, when you've exercised all the faith and, and kind of like looking at this question here, what would you do if you had more faith? And think about it, write about it. And, and sometimes it's in a fictional format um, because we <laughs> sometimes have a hard time uh, putting ourselves fully there just right off the bat uh, without some fantasy elements to it. But anyway, I, I found a, a very interesting principle in my journaling now. Uh, I'm trying to kind of almost prophesy forward, but yet in, in a fictional setting, like if there was no limitations, if the sky's the limit, here's what I, I want for myself. These are the mountains that I want to climb kind of thing. You know, uh, though, Cameron, fictional maybe, but where do where does anything start? You know, it starts uh, yeah. by thinking about it and by you writing it down and and you know imagining yourself doing that thing. That that's how it all begins. And so, I think that you know, the more I look at this one little section, the more he's just encouraging us to imagine and because that's how we're going to get there is by imagining ourselves being that way and having that much faith i mean mm -hmm. i don't know if i'm sure you guys have read the uh, drawing on the powers of um powers of heaven is that what it's called the little teeny book that the old one you know that just reminds me exactly of what that talks about you know you have to the power of positive thinking <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah yeah, that's so exactly. cool. So I, I went and I was looking up that talk. It's actually a different talk by Richard G. Scott called To Acquire Spiritual Guidance, October 2009. And I actually had it highlighted. It said, At each, as each impression came, I carefully wrote it down. And then later on, he said, um, I prayed, reviewing with the Lord, with the Lord, what I thought I had been taught by the Spirit. When a feeling of peace came, I thanked him for the guidance given. I was then impressed to ask, was there yet more to be given? I received further impressions and the process of writing down the impressions, pondering and praying for confirmation was repeated. Again, I was prompted to ask, is there more I should know? And there was, and he talks about over and over. He says, had I not responded to the first impressions and recorded them, I would not have received the last most precious guidance. So that talk is really worth going back and looking at again. And yeah. then tying that into this act in faith and writing down where you would be and how you would be and what the Lord wants you to know. I love that. Yeah. So you said that was October, 2009 and the other one was April, 2012, right? Yeah. Or yeah. But this one was to acquire spiritual guidance is the specific one where he talks about writing it down and going through that process. Mm -hmm. The other one, I was looking for these words and I was looking, scrolling through and I'm like, it's gotta be here. And it wasn't, that one was more generic. The other one was more generic. This one was very specific. Gotcha. 
Hmm. I think he's got a few of them like that where he teaches you how to hear. Am I up in the night? But I, I think he does. There's. Yeah, like in some of our like dream interpretation manuals for donations and stuff, he's, he's quoted a lot in like connecting with our spiritual gifts and like following the promptings, how to connect and, and follow through with, with inspiration. It's, I always kind of <laughs> thought he was kind of a funny old man, but now I'm like, okay, he was a genius and I just didn't pay attention. <laughs> right? I wasn't awake to it at that point. It was funny on my mission. So, um, in, in Spanish, you know, they're, they're having the, the voice actors, uh, over top, you know, narrating and stuff, but there's a few that actually speak Spanish and they pre-record their own talks and, and just play them. Right. And, and Richard G. Scott was one of them, but he, his Spanish was so bad. It was awful. And it just really was off-putting. And, and anyway, I wasn't super into like following general authorities before my mission. I was pretty rebellious. And so that was kind of my first taste. And I'm just like, yeah, whatever, Richard G. Scott. But now I'm like, oh my gosh, I missed out on so much because of one stupid little thing. He came to our state conference shortly after he was called as an apostle. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this new guy, I don't know anything about him kind of thing. I mean, it's just <laughs> exactly the same thing you know you're kind of like oh okay you know <laughs> and it that was a while i mean that's been a while right mm -hmm. when was he called um because he was still in the 70s and the 80s i'm looking um yeah and it it, it went must have been like an 88 or something yeah. That was a long time ago. No, he was still in the <laughs> first quorum of the 70 and 88. So, yeah, but in 89, in April of 89, he was in the 12, quorum of the 12. So that was, that was a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, he got sent off to Ohio, poor guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, But you, you know, Cameron, you were talking about, and we were talking about this chiastic, chiastic thing here, right? Mm -hmm. um, President Nelson had five things here, and the middle one was act in faith. He did five things in this most recent conference, and the middle one is learn about God and how he worked. <laughs> and I find that there are so many people nowadays that want to say, my, you know, God is... God is going to do this. The God I believe in will do this or, or would say this or whatever. And, and everybody on all sides of so many different things is trying to tell you what God would do or how God should be. And if we learn about God and how he works, how do we do that? We study the scriptures, right? We, we study in depth, like what we've been doing. Then we won't be buffeted by somebody's whims or the social um what's the word i'm looking for flavor of the day the flavor of the day there you go um much of that you know because there's so many people who will put some words together and twist it and give it a different meaning and you're going 
and, and you hear the words and you think, oh, okay. And then you stop and think about it and go, but wait a minute. That doesn't make yeah. sense. It doesn't jive with what I know because I know the scriptures because I've studied the scriptures and I understand how God is and how he works. Then I, I see that that's not how he would work. That's not what he would do. That that's something that's Very coming helpful. from adversary. You know, and, and we can get rid of a lot of our false traditions by really finding out about God and how he works. Man is changing the definition of many things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. because yeah. I mean, we're working so hard to change <laughs> our definition of him and, and defining all these things, right? It's crazy. Mm -hmm. I mean, hey, people can't even tell you who's a what's a woman anymore. Yeah. And so, like, if God is unchanging, he's no respecter of persons. Like, I mean, there's all of these things that, and then we go back to the scriptures, corroborate what we know, and and really, it, it comes down to that. And then we can act in faith, knowing that the principles that we're following are of him, because they're the same principles that prophets of, of old have acted upon, and right. it's tried and true. And they're they're grounded in the scriptures and in the word of God. Mm -hmm. And then when we get any thought or revelation or something that we think is inspiration, we can hold it up against the things that we've learned about how God works and how he is and what he said in the scriptures and what he has um, specifically said in the past and say, oh, does this follow, right? Like we know mm -hmm. that God values agency above everything else, right? That's agency is a big deal and so um if we have somebody else who's trying to tell us that god is going to require us to do something and we don't have a choice then we can go but wait a minute god's never going to not give us a choice we always will have a choice mm -hmm. so anyway yeah i love that uh, in the meantime, Els uh, found uh, these quotes and, and posted them there in the chat. Um, and so we'll have those available in the, the video. After it's too. all about writing down when you get revelation. Part of it's from Richard G. Scott. The other part's from Maxwell and someone else. But mm -hmm. it's all about the power of writing down the revelation you receive and why you should. Mm -hmm. Oh, John Groberg. He's the, um, he's the guy the movie was made about. Oh, yeah. Oh, he yeah. Out of heaven. Is that who that is? Okay. Yep. Yep. He's pretty cool. Yeah. Can I say something? Yeah. Um, this is not to contradict what we were just talking about, but what I'm finding is that <clears throat> I'm trying to keep my mind and my heart um, open. Yeah. Ooh new ways of seeing things that allowing God to, to guide me. And you know how we can read the same scripture the same way a hundred times. And then we will all of a sudden get new insight because maybe we learned something else previous, uh -huh. um, somewhere to hang the new interpretation of the scripture, the new, the new way of seeing it. And so I'm, I'm all for what Nancy said, but also all for um, leaving room for 
the way I'm not, I'm, I'm not explaining it very well, but there's, um, I'm just receiving understanding of certain things that um, a, lot of, a lot of it has to do with, um, now I won't even go into that, but <laughs> it's. Um, yeah, sometimes like we talk about like the traditions or uh, traditional yeah. interpretations yep. of, of scripture. But then, um, like Pontius was talking about in Triumph of Zion, like sometimes when you've learned a, a new gospel truth from the spirit, you'll go back to scripture and realize it was there all along. You'd yeah. maybe just put your own interpretation or leaned on somebody else's interpretation of what that, that box that it was supposed to fit in kind of thing. And then, and that everybody's in that also yeah. not realizing there can be another, a whole other it's it's completely new because we hadn't had eyes to see before and so i'm trying to like every time i go through the book of mormon to go in with a new set of eyes and see things that i've never seen before and because we don't all have it right we we just don't and so there's you know the things are continually being restored and i think that is part of it mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's why it's I, important I to always keep in. I agree completely with you, Leslie. I don't, I didn't want, I don't want you to think, you know, anybody oh, no. to think that I'm saying, oh, well, we know how he is and this is the way it, you know. Right. Um, so I, I, I totally agree because that happens with me all the time. Yeah. But I think that there are a lot of um, traditions that we have in the church of what we think things mean. Yeah. Yeah. Right? As far as you know, taught from the pulpit or taught, you know, comments that we hear in Sunday school. And <laughs> there were a whole bunch of those in Relief Society for me today. And, you know, listening to these comments and I'm just going, okay, <laughs> all righty. I'm just going to leave it at that because that's the level that you're at. But there is so much more here, right? There's so much more um, that when you understand you know, President Nelson's trying to get us to, to take it to the next level. And, and we have to really learn ourselves about God and how he works. And who's the best one to tell us how he, you know, who he is and how he works. Yeah, if we can get it direct from the source, that's pretty good. Yeah, right. You know, it, it, it and I, I sometimes, I, I don't know if I've told you guys this story or not, but there was a time when I was at work and my, um, my phone inexplicably was dying right and and um i usually would have been listening to a a podcast that i was that i was working on um a series or something like that as i was doing the work and and i was like i, I can't listen to this now because my phone did something drained my phone um in the first two hours i was working and i i never did find out what it was and the thought came to my head, well, maybe the Lord doesn't want you to listen to that, right? And how many of us have been taught that when we were kids, right? Um, and I was just going about my work, not listening, right? Because my phone was on the charger. And I was pondering that because it, it just didn't sit right with me. And I'm, I'm just pondering that, you know, wham, what happened? Why, what would have been about this that the Lord didn't want me to listen to? And, and I just was pondering that. And then very quietly, it was 
the Lord is not going to take away your agency. If you want to listen to something, be it good or bad, he's going to let you. If you, you know, and, and then the example came to me of somebody who wants to look at inappropriate pictures or whatever. The Lord's not stopping them from getting on the internet and doing something wrong. And I was like, oh, well, if the Lord's not the one who wanted to stop me from listening to that, then it must be the other side. Why would they want to stop me from listening to that? And then, uh, you know, so as soon as my phone was charged, then I, I was like, okay, now I really have to listen to this. And I went and listened and it was such a powerful thing on the priesthood. Um, and it was actually um, a podcast about President Nelson's talk on power in the priesthood from the 2016 conference. And it was a, a detailed conversation about that. And I, I was like, wow. Yeah, the Lord didn't want to stop me from listening to th- something about the power and the priesthood from President Nelson. This was, and, and but that was such a, um, an eye-opening thing for the difference between how the Lord would work and how the adversary works and how the adversary works in imitating the Lord in telling us something to make us think that the Lord doesn't want us to do something so that we would follow what he wants us to do and maybe miss out. And so it, um, it, it takes, it, it takes that constant um, connection and, and checking and having that faith, choosing to believe and then acting, then, you know, test it out. Right. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting. Like I'm looking at the schedule because when you said that, I was like, huh, I think that that's the one that I assigned to, to group B here in a couple of weeks, the, the price of priesthood power for uh, that 2016 talk. I was like, yeah. hmm, that'll be a fun <laughs> one. Talk with Nancy on it. Well, I'll have to, I, I don't, I didn't have them printed. I didn't have any of those things. It wasn't any of those. Um, it was long before I was doing all of this kind of stuff. It was very much in the beginning of my journey of uh, waking up to things. Um, Isn't it interesting kind of going back and reflecting on the journey and like seeing some of the, the eye-opening principles or talks or whatever, whatever the Lord used to like finally wake you up and like maybe kind of uh, jolt you into to seeing things differently and stuff. You know, I can, I can definitely pinpoint uh, quite a few different ones. And so it's fun kind of going back through those. Yeah. And- I remember the exact days and everything. Yeah. Like it was, it was really cool. Yeah. And so like just right now, it's just like, oh, I haven't written those down. <laughs> I, I remember them, but I need to write them down because there's power in that, right? Mm. Fun. Question. Was it, was it, was it I'm just curious for other people mine was so gradual the awakening Mm -hmm. I think I awakened when I joined the church as an adult and so but I'm curious about other people's awakenings was it you know you Tracy you can remember the day and I think you can Cameron is that right can everybody else remember their awakening mine was gradual phases and stuff but like i can pinpoint specific levels of them kind of Mm -hmm. yeah mine was like i i got re-baptized may 2018 
and was just plunking along, you know, doing really well. And then it was Monday, March 15th, 2020. <laughs> <laughs> I watched I watched the five series video. One of my friends had like 256 comments on this little stupid Facebook post. I'm like, huh, wonder what they're saying. And awake. And so I watched that series. And then that next Thursday, my daughter got a millennial rains video on the seven year timeline. And I'm like, holy cow. <laughs> Game on. what series was that tracy it was called the fall of the cabal okay i've never heard of that yeah it's pretty interesting isn't it 10 things now there's like 22 of them now oh i saw 10 i saw 10 yeah she did another one and she's just been finishing them up she's uh pretty cool she i don't know Austin brand, something like that. She's in Canada. Uh, no, she's from like over the drink. Um, okay. okay. I'm not sure where she's like. Oh, right. I want to say Scotland or somewhere like that. Mm. Okay. Well, for me, my change um, in my attitudes toward things um, came in the fall of 2017. <sighs> Well, summer of 2017, when I was given Visions of Glory and I first read that. Mm. And then um, in, I think shortly, and and then I went to my very first education week. And shortly thereafter, I was sitting in the temple, um, in the chapel, asking, you know, just waiting for a session to start looking at the picture of Christ in the Timpanogos temple and, and just going, okay, what do I need to work on? What do you want me to learn? Where, where do I need to go? And the answer came so clearly that I needed to identify and eliminate the false traditions of the fathers from my life. And then I'm, that's kind of stunned me. I'm like, false traditions? what mm-hmm. traditions right and so I started writing things down and I was I took it very much of, from a personal standpoint first what are all the false beliefs that I had been internalizing myself and writing all those things down but then as and of course writing it down right writing it down was a good thing yeah. <laughs> there I was writing it down but as as I have gone through and I have learned things and I have had my eyes open to a number of things. I've, I've oh, that's one of our false traditions. Oh, that's a false tradition. Oh, that as I have learned more and more and more, and that has just really very powerful, such an eye-opening thing for me. And it was very much a directive from the Lord. And I wrote it down at the time that hey, this is what I got, and here's what I'm doing. And I, I just, I, sometimes I feel like a broken record because I feel like I go back to that all the time and say, all right, this is, this was it. This was my moment. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when you have those powerful moments that truly are life-changing in how you see things, maybe, you know, it, it should be something you keep going back to over and over again and going, yeah, at this time, this is what 
this is where I, I really changed my focus. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, that's how it happened for me, Leslie. I mm-hmm. love it. Yeah. I love it. Mine was in degrees. I mean, kind of depending on, on your uh, level of waking it up. And so 2015 was when the Lord told me to just stop rebelling against him. And so I did. And then it wasn't until like Moss's video was the one that like woke me up to like, okay, I need to like actually start preparing and like doing something. And then uh, the divorce was when it really hit in about like my life's mission. And like you got, you got go much time. things. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. go time yeah. and time to actually start acting. So like this chiasm that, that he's pointing out here and stuff. I mean, it was kind of that way. Stop rebelling against me and start studying and then choose to believe act and faith. And then like, let's put our, our nose to the, the ground now, start going for it. So, I mean, it was a gradual thing, but like three very distinct steps of because I definitely wouldn't have been ready for number three had I not went through the, the other two kind of things. Yeah, we get it when we're ready for it. it that's the key thing. Mm-hmm. That's what's like surprising about the future too. It's so like, okay, so I'm going to have to go through more of these and boom, when it happens, it happens. You guys remember, uh, I was telling you guys about when the temple reopened, this was last summer and I was in the temple at the veil and, and like, I was stuck there because I had a really super old guy helping behind and I was asked the same question like maybe I'm not kidding you 15 times and I was saying the right answer but I was like what am I supposed to learn from that and I think I finally learned it (laughs) but (laughs) you have to sit and ponder it to like like, okay, he said that 15 times, Tracy Durfee. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding. You. I was looking at my worker. I'm like, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> like, you're doing it right. He just can't hear you. And I'm like, well, I think he can. <laughs> I don't think it I don't think it was someone else talking to me right there. Like, yeah. what, what is wanted? <laughs> you dummy. <laughs> come on wake up again <laughs> you really want this <laughs> and i kind of laughed about it for a couple of months before i kind of figured it out i'm like mm-hmm. oh goodness kind of dawns on you a long ponder <laughs> well. so anything else in in this talk or uh, you know, since I gypped y'all last week pretty hard, we could talk about uh, April 2022 as well, because there's a, a lot there. But anyway, just kind of open it up, whatever you want to mention and talk about. Mm-hmm. One last thing on this talk, the April 2021, I find footnote D really interesting. Um, so it is where? Oh, it's right in verse one. Uh, just right halfway through. So I am grateful for the privilege of speaking with you on this Easter Sunday. What does footnote D have to do with anything? Like, I mean, it, it's oh, kind of, a random one. I actually right? underlined that too. Uh-huh. I, anyway. I, I, I've kind of been changing some of my vocabulary a little bit, as in, like when I text my mom, instead of saying happy Sunday, I say happy Sabbath. and. <laughs> Uh-huh. I almost want to say it in Hebrew on some days. 
but um like like easter that's a pagan name so i've been trying not to say easter and i've been actually saying happy resurrection sunday just trying to yeah remove that from me but i i was wondering if it has something to do with maybe that yeah it's interesting because like i mean referencing the russian language there and twice i mean he kind of just repeats himself right here um, the the easter greeting by russian speakers begins with christos van kres and Christos van kres like why why put that in your footnote uh, so <laughs> like, cameron can say it in his fun languages <laughs> i don't even know how to read that cameron yeah exactly <laughs> Have you guys ever listened to Cameron Reed on any of his stuff? It's pretty darn good. <laughs> you just turned red. I I just look it up and and listen to it over and over again, and then like write it down in my margins. It's <laughs> awesome. Because I try to impress my my nephew that served in Russia or whatever, and I'm like, oh yeah, I know Russian. <laughs> I do too, and it's not not a nice word. <laughs> I'm not even gonna say it. <laughs> so I'm thinking that maybe when he started thinking about giving a talk on Easter Sunday, he the thought came to him to focus a little bit on, you know, Christ is risen. Truly he is risen, right? That kind of thing. But then his his talk went in a different direction. Yeah. That was still a good point to make. And and he didn't really make it in the talk so that you know just saying you know i'm grateful for the privilege to speak to you on easter sunday and then put that whole thing in the footnotes it's kind of like all right here's a mini sermon for you yeah exactly <laughs> you know? it's and, and funny. I, I think that's kind of neat you know that he would do that it's kind of like in the in the talk he just gave the spiritual momentum one if you look at the footnotes there, footnote four and footnote five, they're like mini sermons, you mm -hmm. know? Um, what are some things we can give thanks to God? And he gives a whole little dissertation on what we should thank the Lord for. Yeah. Thank him for the beauty of the earth, for the restoration of the gospel, for the council, countless ways he and his son make their power available to us. And he goes on. And on the other one is to understand the covenant path is to understand an important is to understand that a covenant involves a two-way commitment between God. And then he goes through and explains what that covenant is. I'm like, dang, that is just, you know, there's two little mini sermons that I think he probably would have gone into had he had time or if he wanted to really, you know, he he probably was like, all right, I'm I'm speaking to the general members of the church and to the world. Let's let's put it into these terms but this other stuff is so good i'm going to put it in the footnotes and the people who are who want it they'll go find it mm -hmm. yeah i find it very interesting how yes he does uh, kind of bookends from april to october but i'm finding lots of connections from this april to the next april like mm -hmm. you know here he's talking in the footnotes in russian and then uh in the next april he's like okay, now we see what's happening in Russia and, you know, like Christ is risen and we can move this mountain too. You know, he's almost a prophetic uh, speaking, uh, projecting a, a year in advance. Oh yeah, sorry, Leslie. <laughs> Did you come? 
I agree with you. I don't think there's anything coincidental about it. Um, mm -hmm. Seeing as he is a seer, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I I noticed this in seven and eight, and I thought of um, President Uchtdorf's, um talk about the umbrellas and how we withhold blessings from ourselves by having our umbrellas up. And um, so which talk are you in? In the April 2021 one? Yeah, the one that we've been discussing. Okay. Sorry. Gotcha. Um, <clears throat> so he said, um, allowing God to prevail in our lives begins with faith that he is willing to guide us. And um, so the word allowing really jumped out at me. And then, then in the beginning of verse eight is deny not the power of God. And he so bad, I can feel him not shaking me, but like, wake up, honey. I want to bless you so much. I need you to allow me to do this for you and with you. And I need you to stop denying my power in your life. You, you would just like get yourself out of the way and run with me instead of either running from me or that yeah. I think sometimes we don't receive the things that he is so willing to give us and help us with if we would just allow it to happen and if we'd put our umbrellas down. Mm -hmm. Which talk yeah, was that about the umbrellas? I have no idea. <laughs> he made a little cartoon video. Well, he didn't make it. The church did a little cartoon video of it. You know what I'm talking about? If you about? just search it on YouTube, you'll find it. Yeah. It's way cute. Mm -hmm. Or I yeah. can just wait for Elle. She'll put it up there. Yeah, I wonder if he's going to put it up. I, is it going to be Nancy or Elle? <laughs> wait for it. Oh. Wait, You're wait. ruling me out. What <laughs> heavenly blessings <laughs> by uh, Elder Uchtdorf, <laughs> 2015. <laughs> Told you. Wait, what is it? <laughs> heavenly blessings by uh, uh, Uchtdorf, 2015. <laughs> oh, I love you guys. <laughs> I love you guys too. <laughs> oh. It's not a conference talk. What? Yeah. It comes from BYU, and then it's published in the Enzyme. Yeah, oh, it's not a conference talk. Oh, that's that the one with the umbrellas in, the, in it. Yeah, put the link in the um in the video description, Cameron. So, what month was it? Um, it was September of 2014. Is when it the talk was originally given at BYU. Okay, thank you. I remember though, Uchtdorf did have a, a conference talk that I thought something like that. Because I remember, I remember distinctly going to conference at the conference center and it was pouring rain. We had to walk to the really? conference center from a park and it was pouring rain. And then he gave a talk about that had like an umbrella and rain in it. I, found so I remember distinctly. October 2014. So a women's session. Was it in the women's session? Um, that's a good question. I don't, it's October it 2014. <laughs> yeah, it's women's session. Yeah. Oh, Cindy. Yeah, I nice. Yeah, folks. Okay, Cameron, I should have said you were good. 
I'm a lot better when I'm not like moderating and I can like do all these things. Like in Isaiah decoded and stuff, I, I can really do those, but. <laughs> was that receiving a testimony of light and truth? Was that the name of it? Um, the actual conference talk? Yeah. Is living the gospel joyful? That sounds right. They just should have put umbrella talk on it. Yeah. yeah. So we know it was raining that day. And it yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's three different names to that talk. That's very interesting. <laughs> yeah, there are. And, and four, if you look at the, the YouTube video, it's even a different title. So, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> this is an amazing group. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I look forward to this every week. Oh, I do too. <laughs> I, had, I had one thing. We In Relief Society today, we had a lesson on the power of spiritual momentum. And there's one thing that I noticed. I don't know, maybe some of you already noticed. It's not a huge thing, but it kind of hit me. And I thought, oh, that's so cool. When, when um, he was talking about the game, you know, in that game, the first half was a seesaw battle back and forth. And he talks about the game and the whole thing just kind of reminds me of our life, you know, as we kind of go back and forth and then we have a spiritual awakening and we receive some spiritual momentum. And then the very last line is what really hit me. It said they were able to carry that momentum into the second half and win the game. And I just thought, that's where we are right now. We're in the second half. And if we can just carry that momentum into our and second can. half and win the game, you know, I don't know. It, it just hit me uh, as yeah. we were doing that today. So I saw you share that. <laughs> Very cool. Isn't it interesting? I mean, like I've looked at this talk from like every single angle <laughs> that I can think of. And so anyway, it is one of the most masterfully chiastic talks ever given from President Nelson. Like every verse is a chiasm and there's multiple verses that have chiasms and then the overarching thing. And even the conference itself, like his three talks are chiastic. There's so much stuff here, but like just what you said there. Um, it's interesting. He gives two lists of five things. The first list is from the first half of the basketball game. And the second list is from the second half. The first list is in verse nine. He says, so I ask, what can ignite spiritual momentum? Because that's what happened in the first half of the game. The, the guard and the teammate ignited the spiritual momentum with these five things. Obedience, love, humility, service, and gratitude. And then the majority of his talk is in the second half of the game. Because in verse 12, he says, today, I would like to suggest five specific actions we can do not to ignite but to maintain positive spiritual momentum. And then it's get on the covenant path, discover the joy of daily repentance, learn about God and how he works, seek and expect miracles and end personal conflict. There's a huge difference between igniting momentum and maintaining it. And it's so interesting, I think, from all of the symbolic numbers and uh, metaphors contained in that one short verse of the game, the seesaw battle here, that there's one half that's ignition and one half that's that's the actual maintaining. And it's up to the entire team to maintain it, but it was up to only the guard and the teammate 
to actually ignite it. And I, I think from <laughs> just kind of looking at all of the, the three talks chiastically and stuff, he's pointing to himself as the teammate who stole the ball in the second, um, uh, or let's see. Uh, let's with see. a second left. With one yeah, second with one left. second left. So the guard being Christ, and then he being the one who uh, does the, the last two points there. And then he's saying, okay, I done my part. Now it's up to you. I invite you to do these five things and, and maintain the positive spiritual momentum. And so <laughs> this is kind of interesting, but like, what are the five things that ignited the spiritual momentum? Christ did five things, obedience, love, humility, but then President Nelson's videos about service and gratitude were the additional two points, right? And those were the things that ignited the spiritual momentum. Anyway, I, I think it's... <laughs> he Did you talk about so this on Wednesday? Somewhat, yeah. Uh, okay, I'll have to go watch that video. Uh -huh. I don't. I think you're talking about it more now than you did then, didn't you? Yeah, I don't. Because yeah, I've had a lot more time to even study it now. Yeah. Um, where was humility in all of that? I remember that was one of the center ones that you were talking about, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. Many actions can ignite positive spiritual momentum: obedience, love, humility, service, and gratitude. And the service and gratitude were the, you said the two from President Nelson? Uh, Excuse me. Yeah, um, so the, the last five seconds of the first half of, you know, say what you want, but I'm just going to throw in the word tribulations. <laughs> and the guard on one team made a beautiful three-point shot of obedience, love, and humility. And a, um, with only one second left, his teammate stole the inbound pass and made another basket at the buzzer with service and gratitude. And isn't it interesting, the timing of the gratitude video, remember it's 11, 11, 11, like mm -hmm. 11's all around the board, right? And, and what is 11 made up of? One second, like he stole the inbound pass with one second left. I, I think that there's a lot of number symbolism that, that's going on there. And maybe I'm just reading a whole bunch of smoke into it, but like, I think that there's a lot of fun tie-ins in that one short little verse of a basketball game. That's amazing that you and got that, all that out of that. So, so if the gratitude video on 11-11-11 was the center point, was just before the buzzer, right? Yeah for the first half, the end of the first half. If, if you're right and the game is the tribulations, we're in the second half of the tribulation. That's and how I read it Between 11, 11, 11, and now, you know, mm -hmm. 11, 11, 21, and now, and going forward. Mm -hmm. And okay. then when he goes into his last talk, because, all three of these talks, if you put them all together, they are the locker room chat. So when he says that everybody goes into to the locker room and everything, and then he's like the, you know, I, you can only imagine after it's been ignited, now here's the locker room chat. And I think that that's what April 2022 is, is the locker room chat. And he's saying, now it's up to you as a church to keep the momentum going. 
And, and if you'll do this, you'll be able to go through the whole second half maintaining it and win. And, um, but the, the last talk, now is the time. There's this great sundial, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, from Henry Van Dyke and the sundials at Wells College in New York. I don't think any of that's coincidence. Keep those in mind for symbolism. But he's talking about this sundial in a very interesting way. He's so animated as he's talking about it. And you know, how many times has he said, in a future day, this is going to happen, in a future day, in a future day. And then this talk is, now yeah. is the time. And I'm going to talk about a sundial, which is only referenced one other time in scriptures. The shadow by my finger cast divides the future from the past. Before it sleeps the unborn hour in darkness and beyond thy power. Behind its unreturning line, the vanished hour no longer thine. One hour alone is in thine hands, the now on which the shadow stands. And so, I mean, it's like this great locker. I mean, that could be the whole story of the locker room right there. Like, okay, guys, <laughs> again, power of spiritual momentum. All you can do, you have to live in the present. You can't be dwelling in the past. You can't be getting depressed. You can't be doing any of that. You can't be living in the future with anxiety and, and all of this other stuff. You have to be now in order for spiritual momentum to work. And only one hour alone is in thine hands, the now on which the shadow stands. And so anyway, it was so interesting because the shadow was bugging me all week. And I was like, I can't figure it out. Why is this bugging me? Um, but anyway, it finally came to me in the temple the other day. And I was like, uh, just thumbing through, you know, uh, a lot of times in the temple, I'll just let the scripture open. And, and fall where they may, guess where it falls? Isaiah 38, which talks about the one other sundial that we have in scriptures. Oh. And it, <laughs> it is the story of Hezekiah. And I'm like, oh my gosh, because you know my thoughts and feelings. Like President Nelson is the modern Hezekiah. He fills right. the type to the T. And if you study Hezekiah's sundial, well, it's not Hezekiah's, it's Ahaz's sundial. But if you study that in conjunction with this talk, brilliant. It, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. Cameron, I'll you're amazing. Cameron. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I just seek for patterns and, and they bug me enough until I figure them out. <laughs> and then you share them. And then your mom just smiles over there. <laughs> That's my boy. <laughs> yes, if you study all of the footnotes in this 2022 conference and, and just put all of that into a, a context of the basketball story, which isn't it kind of interesting? Basketball, right? I mean, we have two times when President Nelson mentions basketball or sports. It's once when Dancel dies, him and Dancel are, are watching a basketball game and he's not able to save her. And it's all about time, right? The timing of the Lord and gratitude and all that. And then here, he, he's bringing it forward again. He gives one short little verse on basketball and then goes into this momentum pep talk in the locker room. And part of it is about this vivid dream that he has. And anyway, I... It, it all fits in so fun. I, I love it. I mean, I could, that is I could go on forever. <laughs> I was anyway. wondering about those. I was just like, I don't get it. <laughs> yeah, I didn't get it at the time of the talk either. I was just like, it's just bugging me and I can't figure out why. I, I finally got a piece of it, I think.
Can I ask two questions? Only one. <laughs> <laughs> Eeny, meeny, miny, well. Um, okay, so I'm thinking of the, the maintain five suggestions. The middle one, I think, was gaining knowledge of God. Uh, and the, learn how he works. And how he works. Learn about so, God and how he works. I don't remember what <laughs> the others were. Um, oh, the uh -huh. first one is get on the covenant path and stay there. Okay. The second one is discover the joy of daily repentance. And he has been talking about repentance quite a bit mm -hmm. um, all through all of these talks that we've had from him. <clears throat> he hit repentance pretty hard in this section. The third, learn about God and how he works. The fourth, seek and expect miracles. Right? And the fifth, end conflict in your personal life. So, you know. It's very interesting how this one mirrors April 2021. Mm -hmm. With moving the spiritual mountains, seeking and expecting miracles, ending personal conflict, and the kind of the Russia reference in, in the previous one. I mean, they're, they're kind of bookend talks. Mm -hmm. hmm. well so, so what was your question? <laughs> so the April 2021 talk was given and then in November was his locker room speech and now you've or, or you know the, his is just before the buzzer thing right and now we have this other talk on the other end of that holy cow what is coming <laughs> that's what <laughs> I'm saying Am I, I'm freaking out <laughs> I'm not freaking out. I'm excited. I'm just like so excited. I'm like in the stands going, yeah. Look, Scott popped in. Full court press. So yeah. I think that right now we're we're in the middle of everything is hot and heavy. About to go down. <laughs> well, there have been so many people the last few weeks who have just felt so, so impressed. I need to finish my food storage. I need to fill these holes. I need to do this. I need to do that. They have been kept, they have been keeping me running every week the last three weeks. I have had to rent a truck to go to Salt Lake to get all yeah. the stuff that people want. Three weeks, three weeks in a row. Mm. So um, it is incredible the people who are feeling moved to do it and do it now. Mm -hmm. Back to Leslie. Yes, Leslie. Um, when I was hearing those five things in the maintain, the the um, knowledge of God was not what stood out to me the most. Yet that is the center of all of it. Your thoughts on that, Cameron? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so no, I think it's kind of going back to like the, the hear him, right? You know, uh -huh. like learn about God and how he works in your life. Like, yes, there is the momentum for everyone, but also what is your momentum? How does God spark it and ignite it? And then what does he expect you to do and, and how he works in that? So I think it's kind of like a, a chiasm within a chiasm, you know, taking the broader sense and then focusing it in on on us, but look at what he talks about in that section. 
of learning about God and how he works, he doesn't focus on God as much. He focuses on detecting Satan, Satan and casting him out. That's where, you know, I mean, that was a big one for me coming out of uh, his talk. I'm like, oh, we're talking about this now? Yeah. Like, learn about God. And how he My mom and, ben and I had been talking about it, and she was just crying. She's like, oh, that's an answer to my prayers right there. Boom. Yeah, I think it's an answer to a lot of, of things. Like, learn about God and how he works. And then he pulls in Moses, and he says, okay, Moses learned how he works from a face-to-face, -face. and then he's actually able to cast out Satan, not the first time, because Satan persisted, but the second time, God, uh, Moses knew how to call upon God for more power to actually get him out, because, I mean, going back to the basketball metaphor, it's a seesaw battle, right, and then there's these two-point shots that give us momentum, but then it's like, now to maintain spiritual momentum, Talking with him face to face isn't a bad idea. Trying. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's one of my favorite talks of all time. Okay, so we're we're not much of timeline people, but you just cracked it wide open, Cameron. <laughs> I don't know if I did because you know, like, yes, there is you know the two halves of tribulation and all this kind of stuff, and. You know, there's there's mosses, there's rushes, there's Avrahams and everything. And I don't know necessarily that we have fully begun. But if we have, this would be an awesome talk to, to really point it out and stuff. But one thing that I do know through, you know, I've shared it with, with y'all before, but my study on Hezekiah and President Nelson and how they are line item by line item, their presidency is an exact match. The Hosanna shout was not coincidence, and and what it led into is is kind of an interesting uh, turn of events, as we will see pretty soon, I would think. Anyway, I, I would highly, if you don't know the Hezekiah story, memorize it, study it, internalize it, because I think it's a pattern for what's ahead. Isaiah spent a big bulk of time uh, lining it out for us. And, and I think it's crucial to understand. Okay. Where is the best place to understand that Hezekiah <laughs> story other than trying to slog through Isaiah? Isaiah, uh -huh. Avraham. Avraham. Avraham's website. Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. Let me show you the, the harmony that I made. <clears throat> um, you know, you're going to have to share that with us, right? yeah no not just on the video but he goes into it in isaiah decoded mm -hmm. yeah pretty good chapter six of isaiah decoded is all about this yeah but yeah here's the link on the harmony that i made of the hezekiah story so it, it takes everything that we know about hezekiah from the book of second kings the book of second chronicles and the book of isaiah all lined out in chronological order. You know, you can just disregard my commentary because it's nothing, right? I mean, just go to the scriptures, find it out for yourself. But look at the parallels, the, the patterns that President Nelson are all along the way. Uh, it, it's quite intriguing. And the idea of Davidic covenants, I have a whole section on Davidic covenants there at the end. But um, 
seriously, I, I, I don't know how much I can like iterate. I give hints all the time to people like study Hezekiah. It's a fun one. Um, it's absolutely essential if you want to understand the end times before they happen. Hezekiah is, is hugely prophetic and Isaiah spends a good chunk of time on it. Need to go back and read that chapter again. Mm -hmm. This time with a highlighter and a couple of pens in my hand. Yeah. Yep. Okay. And look at the sundial. And I did how yeah, I did it back and forth, line by line. And then listen to his little commentaries. Mm -hmm. I lent my Isaiah decoded book to someone, so I don't even have it right now. Darn it. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> what was the birth in Isaiah that you opened to, Cameron? Let's see, it's Isaiah 38. Let me find the actual verse. <laughs> Um, I love that you guys are nerdy like me. <laughs> <laughs> monkey see, monkey do. Okay, so <laughs> um, yeah, verse eight there, and and it's not it's not about the light and stuff. He's talking about the shadow again with the sundial. Anyway, it just fits perfect. But look at the whole context. If you're looking like chapter 37, 38 and stuff, and why is Hezekiah sick? And why does the Lord grant him 15 more years? And why is the sign on Ahaz's sundial of all things? Like, keep those in mind as you're studying that with President Nelson's. And then it's kind of the sombering thing of what happens to Hezekiah at the end. Uh, and where the, the story actually plays out. Very, very fun. I think this is the best class we've ever had. I think so too. <laughs> I get passionate. I'm <laughs> I, I, like in my, the, the first hour, I think I got a little too passionate on, on something. Anyway, I, just kind of like lost it and i don't know we'll have to go watch that then <laughs> it's a good thing i got nancy here it's like i'm in the middle of the most important newscast and it's all in a different language <laughs> uh, it's a language i'm learning it's my second language but i don't know at all so <laughs> yeah. i'll have to hey, go through my here yeah. it's interesting on his first talk too i would just say this that on uh preaching the gospel of peace i mean what was the big takeaway we need more missionaries but look at the footnotes like there's a lot more to the talk than just missionary work i mean yes it, it's about the gathering of israel but like those footnotes uh, when april 2022 came out with the footnotes like when we actually were able to access those I was like, oh my gosh, President Nelson's back. Like, <laughs> because looking at his uh, apostolic talks, I mean, his footnotes are crazy extensive and so in-depth and stuff. And during his presidency, he's been giving a lot in the actual talks itself and, you know, hiding quite a few little, you know, good gems down in the footnotes. I'm not discounting any of those because I, they're crucial. But like April 2022, I mean, he's back to his, his normal, <laughs> like, powerful extra sermons down in the footnotes these are these are awesome 
So Cameron, for that talk, I just did a little footnote insights study, uh -huh. right? And I just did a little summary of each of the ones. So it was men's hearts will fail them. Put on the whole armor of God. Men's hearts will fail them. Take the gospel to all. And, and I had a question, why did he say every creature instead of every human or every person? Why every yeah. take the gospel to every creature? I'm glad I'm not the only one who saw that. And then, and then sanctify yourselves and share your reason for hope and then receive peace from Christ. He will keep your hearts and minds. And I'm like, ah. oh, okay, wow, all right. You know, but Christ will keep your hearts and minds. Why does Christ need to keep our hearts and minds? What is coming? And that goes along with men's hearts will fail them. Put on the armor of God. Men's hearts will fail them. I'm like, oh, that's how he's starting. Help us. Yeah, out. that's how he's starting conference. <laughs> yes, we need more missionaries. Wait for my footnotes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then everybody just sees, oh, yeah, we need more missionaries. And I'm going... Yeah, but he told His us talk to really isn't about missionaries. <laughs> no, he told us to do three things to pray to do and to seek. Pray for those in need. Do what you can to help and seek for the Lord's help. Right. Mm -hmm. So um, pray, do and seek. And when we were asked, he asked us to share the gospel and its power and peace with two groups of people. Yeah. Right. Two groups all who were listen and those who will let God prevail in their lives. He just gave us permission to not worry about all those people who aren't going to listen and who want nothing to do with God. We don't have time for them anymore. Right. Mm -hmm. So, and so what does it look like? What other terms would you use? Would you say that they're the elect? <laughs> maybe it's possible. They elect an embryo. Yeah. Right, because they don't know, they don't know yet. Mm -hmm. But I, I still want to know what is the deal with this creature, all every unto every creature. I have a thought on that. Okay, um, we put on coats of skin, and I'm thinking of the natural man, the animal in us. I wonder if it's you know we've had the focus on um, seeking out the elect. Maybe it's just till everybody and um whether they seem like they are elect or not every um get your megaphone out talk talk yep talk to the everybody everybody's natural man and not worrying about everybody's animal in them and not worry about whether we think they will accept or not and, and let them decide if they're going to listen and if yep. they're going to let god prevail and once they decide yes, I will listen. And yes, I will let God prevail. Then that's who you share the power and peace with. So we're yeah. preaching, we're <clears throat> preaching the word in the gospel. Hey, we have this thing to every creature, but then those who will listen and let God prevail, then we will share the power and peace of the gospel with them. Cause I think that's, we probably, you know, so many people would just listen read that and go share the power and peace of jesus christ christ and the gospel okay i'm sharing the gospel right we we would equate yeah. those things i'm just doing missionary work but i don't think that's what he's saying i think you're right i think it's we need to tell everybody 
go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And then those who will listen and accept, then we can share that power and peace. Because then they will put off that animal part in themselves and be able to embrace that power and peace. Yes. And they will be able to access that. And we need to have that power and peace to survive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Actually survive. Isn't that fun? I'm so excited. Here's another thing. In footnote three, footnote three was Luke 21, six. And I, I wrote, it was another reference to men's hearts failing them for fear. And the powers of heaven shaken. What is, you know, the footnote for that, vision. the footnote for that takes you to Isaiah 34, four, which talks about the heavens being rolled <clears throat> as a scroll. Cause I was like, what is powerful enough to shake heaven? And that's when I, when I looked up that it was, it takes you to Isaiah and you know, that'll take you to revelation. Mm -hmm. And and that might give you an idea of where we're at. Right. Um, Oh, let me find it. I was doing a study. I don't know if I wrote it any place other than in Revelation. Let me get my, about um, in Revelation 8, where it talks about the, um, the angels, right? And the things that they're pouring out. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of times we think um, that we have you know, these grand huge things that are going to happen you know hail and fire mingle with blood you know is that gonna we we think oh my gosh the whole world is going to be covered but it, if you have seen any of the videos right um in revelation it says it burns up a third of the trees and all the grass the the fires that raged through the world last year um actually destroyed a, a tremendous amount about a third of a lot of the of the forest um yep. gonna see where i live yeah um a great mountain burning with fire we had a volcano that erupted for a long time captured everybody's attention right mm -hmm. so john is looking you know looking at the future and what is the world fixating on right we fixated on all these fires we fixated on the the volcano in the canary mountains for more than a month about this mountain um, exploding, right? And then the great star fell from heaven, burning as it were a lamp. I'm not um, a third part of the rivers and fountains. The name of the star was Wormwood because it made the waters bitter. What was that? There was something that they were saying. at least a third of the fresh water in on the planet has been polluted by various things. Mm -hmm. And then um, we have the, you know, the darkening of the sun. Um, oh, I wish I knew where I wrote this down because it's not in this. The third part of the sun, the third part of the moon, the third part of the stars. I don't think that means that we have three days of darkness. I, I think it's that that people are losing their life. 
Mm. Right. But it, but it might, because like, there's this guy I watch on YouTube, Suspicious Observers. He's like a, mm -hmm. you know who I'm talking about. Anyway, he's thinking the poles are going to shift pretty soon. Yeah. yeah. And that yeah. would take us dark, probably. I've, I've seen that. But then the yeah. fifth one, the fifth one is the five month war. What are we in the middle of right now? Yeah. Almost. Right? When did it start? <clears throat> End of February? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, the five-month war. And during this time, right, the they are commanded that they should not hurt the grass of the earth or any green thing, neither any tree, but only those men which have not the seal of God on their foreheads. There's a lot of there's a lot of talk about, you know, the mark of the beast and about, well, you got to get something in your forehead or something in your hand so that you can you can do business and everything like that. All, all sorts of people, you know, they've been talking about that for ages. But if you think about the the Jews and they had the what are they the phylacteries? Is that what they're called on their foreheads? Because they put it on their forehead because that's what's supposed to be on their mind. That's what they're supposed to be thinking about all the time, right? And mm -hmm. they would have something on their hand in for that's what they're doing. So what if the mark isn't like a microchip or something, but it's where our thoughts are centered and where our actions are doing it. And what is President Nelson telling us that we need to do, mm -hmm. right? What did he just, we were just talking about that, right? Mm -hmm. um, Hang on, got to get back to that again. We are, we're supposed to get on the covenant path, daily repent, learn about God and how he works, seek and expect miracles, and the conflict, uh, conflict. Those are all things about where is our focus, right? Our focus on staying on the covenant path and on repenting and learning about God, expecting miracles. And then this other that we just were reading from last year, right about um faith is action right yeah you study it out and then you actually faith. act on those act in faith so so he's talking about doing that's your hand and knowing and thinking and studying and and ending conflict you know that's where your brain and, and your mind is so he is calling us right now to reject the mark of the beast so many people go, um, uh, I actually heard somebody suggest that uh, at a Q&A when Apostle was coming to ask, well, is the first presidency going to warn us of the mark of the beast and so that we'd know what it is? <laughs> and and, and I'm, I'm, I'm looking at this and I'm going, they are. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 what are we thinking and feeling and doing? Because where we think and we feel, our actions follow that, right? So where is our mind? Where is our heart? And where are our actions? That is going to mark us either as belonging to Christ or following the beast. And I think that's going to be, I think that's going to be the whole crux of the matter. But I think during this five-month war, right, 
People have been able to flee. People are getting out of Ukraine, right? The temple is closed, but so far, as far as I know, it is unharmed, right? I know uh, we, we hear of all of these members of the church who have received the mark of God on their foreheads. They've left. They're okay. They're not able to be harmed during this five months. It'll be interesting to see if this conflict between Russia and Ukraine lasts five months. If it lasts five months, that gives us an idea of where we are in Revelation. So many people in all their timelines are so caught up in what happens in the United States. These things have to happen in the United States. It's right, the yeah. World, right? We're so, we're so caught up in ourselves. Yeah, but the U.S. is way behind Ukraine stuff, you know, mm -hmm. like yeah. getting but, a robber behind it. Absolutely, absolutely. I totally agree. But when when John's looking at what is capturing the world's attention, right, isn't that what he's going to write about? What's capturing the world's attention? All the fires, this volcano, you know, all of these, all of these things, people are losing the light. The, their God-given light in their eyes, mm -hmm. left and right, right? They're losing their light. The stars and the sun and the moon. What if those represent people who are living the celestial, terrestrial, and telestial laws? If a third of the people are losing, are darkened, they're losing their light. How many members of the church have walked away? Mm, so many. How many are losing that light? Um, yeah. Anyway, um, go back and read Revelation 8 and 9 and study those again and look at them in a different light. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, this was not, <laughs> this was not what I was thinking about talking today, <laughs> about today. It just all hit me. It went totally different ways than I expected. It's fun. Oh, man. All I know is that President Nelson is definitely the Lord's prophet and called of God at this time, teaching us very important principles, preparing us for it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And anybody who tries to tell you otherwise, anybody who tries to say the prophet's fallen or the Lord is not with this church, they're the ones who are deceived. Yeah. It's, it's very sad, but man a third part a third part of the sun was smitten a third part of the moon a third part of the stars as the third part of them was darkened and the day shone not for a third part of it and the night likewise just a thought yeah your candles out <laughs> oh Good one. I think there's multiple ways to interpret it. And I think the Lord teaches us different levels on, you know, you were talking earlier and somebody else was in a talk today in sacrament meeting, they'd read certain scriptures over and over and had a certain interpretation. And then all of a sudden they saw, oh, I've mm -hmm. seen something different in this. Absolutely. So I think, you know, there's multiple interpretations, what we're ready for at the time and what yeah. we're ready to learn. And so it doesn't yeah. mean each one is accurate, but it's accurate maybe for us for what we need to learn at that time, you know? Yeah, definitely you can interesting. be fulfilled on multiple layers. 
Well, and, and it can, it can have all of those multiple meanings, right? So it can be accurate for all of those, just like Isaiah, right? Yeah. So many oh, people yes. want to look at Isaiah and say, oh yeah, Isaiah was about this time a long time ago. And yeah, he also was talking about, you know, in Christ's time, but it doesn't necessarily um, have anything to do with us now, right? It's all sorts of people. Oh, that's just Isaiah. Nope. So anyway. Well, it has been a fun one. <laughs> oh, yeah. um, so next week, we are going to be studying the October 2021 conference. Uh, group B is going to study Pure Truth, Pure Doctrine, and Pure Revelation, that talk from that conference. And then after that, we head into uh, lots of different little things. But um, anyway, that, that one's going to be a fun one, too. And if we're kind of looking at bookends here, how studying that talk and what may and may not happen in, in this October, it'll be fun to, to look at. There's a YouTuber called Christian Homestead. He put out a oh, video oh. saying something about, was this the last general conference? I just saw the title of it. I haven't had a chance to watch it. Have you seen that one, Cameron? My mom watched it. Yeah. Um, I haven't had time to, to buckle down. Is that the one where he's talking about like the 17s and stuff, mother? Um, he has like three or four right there close together. I don't know which one uh, mm. you're referring to for sure. I watched one of his, and although I didn't watch the one that you're referring to, he did refer to that one in one of his videos, and he said, I can't even remember exactly what it was, what it was but he debunked, he said, so then this is probably not the last general conference, um, but I didn't watch that exact one that you're talking about, but I did see it on there, I just... Didn't watch I, it, I so. don't know exactly who he is. I can't remember his name, but like, I love that he just loves seeking patterns, you know, like he sees mm -hmm. a pattern and, and kind of runs with it. And uh, anyway, I, some of his videos are, are pretty fun to, to watch. The 17 yeah, one. Like pretty cool ideas. Yeah. He has some pretty cool ideas. So I saw the things, one with things the worth study. pondering. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I saw the one that he did with the word study. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that one was really good. I yeah. want to see that spreadsheet. Yeah. Um, I'm posting the link to um, like the meaning of, of 17 uh, from, from the Bible study website or whatever. So in that video that he talks about the significance of 17, like this is our 17th prophet. This is the 17th Relief Society president. He announced 17 temples and um, the, the spring feast this year is going to be 17 days long. That there's, you know, certain patterns. He didn't know what they were or anything. But um, anyway, looking at the number 17 in a biblical context is like, oh, it kind of fits everything that we've just went through in, in this conference. Uh, anyway, yeah, I think Becky on. talked about that last time. Mm -hmm. On Wednesday, I think. Uh, Becky kind yeah. of yeah. brought yeah. that out. I think it yeah. was, yeah. It talks a lot. He's <laughs> got a lot of videos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> number 17 i'll have to go watch that one which one is it the one with all the 17s it would have been one from christian homestead right yeah but uh -huh. what's the title of it 
I can't remember exactly which video it is. Um, let me try to find it really quick. Just, I know. think it was actually entitled, was this the last conference? Is that was the one? I think, I, I don't know. Like there was three or four that were very similar at the time period and I get them kind of mixed up, but I think it was that, I think that was the first one I watched and that's the one that had the 17s because he was doing word studies of like how many times president nelson wow. say in his story conference and that one goes down quite a ways there's probably and a different and different ones he you know it's it was kind of, it's kind of interesting wow i'll try it my battery's gonna die so i'm gonna go <laughs> All right. <laughs> We've kept her a long time. <laughs> All right. Yeah, we will see, see everyone next week. All right. Bye. Bye. We're back. Bye. <laughs>